Tell the Lord, thank you. Would you bless God for our worship and arts ministry choir? Amen. Before we read the text as you remain standing, we want to say a very thank you, special thank you, again, to the Benedict College basketball team. Uh, amen. Coach Fred Watson, so proud of you, man. We, we are blessed and highly favored to have great leaders like Fred Watson and our very own Tyshawn Jones, used to be the coach of Allen University, who bring their players to church. Say that again. They, they encourage their players, and they just don't send them. They come with them. So come on, put your hands together for all of these fantastic young men. So proud of you. Amen. I got to throw this in. I'm a proud graduate of Benedict College. Amen. So I'm especially proud of you. There's a word from the Lord as we continue this series of messages that we began on last Sunday. The series is simply entitled, This Is Us. Note, it did not say, this is you. This is me. But it says, this is, somebody shout us. So this is not a series in which we judge others, but that we recognize that we all are in this together, and that we all go through some things in life. The text for the series is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 9, the New International Version. And as we said to you on last week, we will read the text in its entirety every week. Let us hear the reading of God's word beginning with the seventh verse of the fourth chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians. And it reads, Paul, the apostle Paul writes this as he shares the testimony, not just himself, but those that were with him, those disciples, his entourage, such as Timothy, Titus, and many others. Paul writes, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. <laughs> Listen to verse number eight. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. Look at somebody and say, this is us. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. To those who love God's word, help me say amen. Amen. This second message is lifted directly from the text, as all of them are. And it is the last clause of the eighth verse. Look at someone standing next to you and encourage them with these words. Look at them and say, perplexed, but not in despair. Once again, tell them perplexed 
but not in despair. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This sermon series that God has given us for this time of this year, as I said to you on last week, it was inspired by a very popular award-winning television show that follows the lives of a very special and unique, a biracial family of three siblings, all the same age, born on the same day, and their parents. The show follows each member of the family as they go through their ups and downs, their successes and their failures, as they celebrate and as they mourn disappointments, as they clap and rejoice over triumphs, and as they mourn and cry over tragedies. I said it follows each member of the family. The key to the show is that all the members of the family go through something. Say that again. All the members of the family go through something. One sibling's something may not be the other sibling's something, but it is something. Look at somebody and say, it's something. The show, the Emmy Award, the Golden Globe Award show is called This Is Us. I, I like it because it talks about them collectively, although it identifies what each member goes through. Now, it is important to note that no one in this family was immune from their share of problems. Again, everyone in the family had to go through and was going through something. <laughs> ah, that, that stuck with me because there were some who were gifted athletic, but they went through something. Some that were gifted musically, academically, but they all had their challenges. Listen, I stated this last week, and I will say this every week because I want you to get this. The truth is, we all live a very similar life to these fictional characters on this award-winning television show. We all live a life of ups and downs, good days and not so good days. We all live a life of triumphs and tragedies. We all have times in our families in which we celebrate them. And then we all have times in which we are hurt and disappointed uh, by things that happen to them. 
In fact, I want you to know, I said earlier at the 8 o'clock service, now if, if this does not apply to you, if for some reason your family is perfect, if for some reason you have no issues and no problems and you cannot say honestly, this is us, you have my permission to sleep for the rest of the service. Because I'm not talking about you. You don't have any problems. You don't have anything that you worry about. There are no ups and downs in your life. But if you are like the rest of us, if your life is full of ups and downs, triumphs and tragedies, if your family has some good days and some not so good days, then perhaps, yes, as we consider the drama in our own lives, we too can declare, don't say it if you don't mean it. Look at somebody and say, this is us. If folk really knew who you were and what you go through, if, if folk really know the back ground of your praise. If they really knew the drama in your house, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Every house has drama. From the preacher's house to the usher's house to the parking lot attendant's house uh, to the wino who couldn't get it together this morning and get to church because they were hung over. Everybody goes through something. Am I right about it? Look at somebody and say, this is us. What I like about it is that it does not allow us the privilege or the right to judge. Because when you consider your life, how can you judge anybody? What baffles me throughout my time as a pastor is that how I've seen folks so judgmental until it comes to them. Mother, you would appreciate the story I told this morning, one that my dad used to often tell about when, when he was a pastor and folk wanted him to be so hard on people who messed up. And he talked about one situation where uh, this person was so hard on the young ladies who messed up, particularly those who uh, got pregnant. And, and dad would love them, and he would say, you know, God still loves you. And, you know, have your baby come back and sing on the choir. And dad and says, this sister came and says, uh, Pastor, I don't agree with you. They should never come back on the choir. We, we don't need that kind of example until their granddaughter got pregnant. Oh, Lord. Then dad said they came back and said, we need a ministry to help teenage pregnant girls. Where was the ministry when it wasn't you? What it tells us is that we've got to be open not only sympathize, but in some cases we can empathize with people 
who goes through. Because yours may not be teenage pregnancy. Yours may be a drug addiction. Yours, yours may just be unruly, undisciplined kids. Whatever it is, all of us got things we've got to deal with. So you can't afford to judge me. I can't afford to judge you. We've got to listen to the word of the Lord and let the Lord work it out. Somebody shout, this is us. We all struggle. We all have our problems. Listen, in our text, the Apostle Paul encourages these believers who were new believers in the city of Corinth, who lived in a very popular area. These new believers had their challenges. They were being challenged by the critics, the naysayers, who not only challenged them, but in fact, they challenged Paul and said Paul had no apostolic authority to teach anyone because he had not been a disciple of Christ. And they said to these believers, if, if you are who you say you are, then why do you go through stuff? You know, there are always people like that, that are holier than anybody else, that are self-righteous and Usually, they're the biggest demons of all, but they're the ones who point fingers all the time. So Paul writes this second epistle to the Corinthians. and Paul writes in a somewhat personal, uh, from a somewhat personal perspective. In fact, he says in chapter 2 and verse 4 of 2 Corinthians, he says, For I wrote to you out of great distress. I wrote to you out of anguish of heart and with many tears. In other words, I, I can identify with what you're going through. I, it, it pains me to see you go through what you go through. It pains me to see those that are, that are trying to discourage you because you're not perfect. So Paul does something he reluctantly do. He shares his own testimony and the testimony of those that are with him. Uh, Paul wanted these believers to know that although they are ministers and apostles and although they are men and women of God, they too go through things every day. And he wanted them to know that if, if they go through it, if they are not exempt from their trouble, in fact, he goes on in 2 Corinthians to tell of his own prayer request, how he went to God three times for deliverance. God chose not to deliver him from that situation, but said to Paul, my grace is sufficient in your time of need. So Paul wanted them to know that we go through things too. And in verse number eight of the text, the first clause of verse number eight, as we shared with you on last week, Paul writes these words, we are hard-pressed on every side. We said to you that, that those words hard-pressed means we are squeezed. Our backs are against the wall. Sometimes we feel as if everything is coming in on us. We don't know what to do. We are hard-pressed. We are troubled on every side. So don't think that we are all of this because we may be apostles and pastors and church leaders, Paul says, 
but we have our own situations. We are troubled on every side, hard pressed. We go through our situations, but we are not crushed. Although the walls seem to be caving in on us, they have not crushed us. Sometimes God allows you to be pushed to a point where the crushing blesses you and not destroy you. I'm reminded of the Old Testament example of the olive. And in order to get the oil from the olive that's made of olive oil, which was something that was very prevalent in uh, first century uh, uh, Judaism and Christianity, is that the, the, the olive had to go through a process. And you could only get the oil out of the olive after it has been crushed. Let, let, let me say something. After it had been squeezed, after it had been pushed. And so Paul says, we are like the olive. We are squeezed. We are pushed. We are hard pressed. But we are still here. God had used our situations, listen to this, to get the best out of us. How many of you know that God used your hard-pressed situation to make you a better person? In fact, you would not have that anointing if you had not gone through what you went through. So yes, we are hard-pressed. We are squeezed, but we have not been crushed. And so he goes on, same verse, the eighth verse, in today's message. The latter clause of the eighth verse, Paul gives the second of four examples. The first, we are hard-pressed. Here's the second one. Paul shares these encouraging words. Listen to this. We, we meaning as believers, as leaders, as someone who's even an apostle, we are perplexed. Ooh, what do you mean, Paul? We are perplexed. In other words, Paul, the word perplexed in his original translation simply means a loss of understanding, a sense of confusion. Don't quite know what to do. Ooh, wondering which way to go. How many of you say, oh, that sounds like my testimony. I, I, I'm in church, I'm worshiping, but I am perplexed. I am at a crossroad in my life in which I am not sure what to do. What Paul was also saying was that there are times in our life in which we quite honestly did not understand why certain things were happening. We did not understand why God allowed this to happen. We were confused over God's plan and God's actions. Can I preach to you? Wow. Can we just be honest with each other? I, I know you come to church and folk like to look all deep and like to look like they, they got everything together. But I love transparency. And transparency is I am really not that deep. I, I have gone through things in my life. Some of you are this close 
to walking away from your faith because you don't always understand what God is up to. And that is what Paul was saying. Paul was saying there are times in our life in which we look back and we say, God, why did you allow that to happen? I just want to be honest with you. There are times, and I told the church over and over again, in which God and I had to have some real dialogue. I just don't understand. Another situation tomorrow. I don't understand why I have to go to the funeral of a 20-year-old wonderful young lady who's had cancer most of her life and struggled with it. And here we are laying her to rest tomorrow at 20 years old. And there's some 20-year-olds out there who are cussing and swearing and drinking and shooting and, and, and can't don't love anybody, have no respect for anybody, don't ever worship God, have never called on the name of the Lord. And quite honestly, can I confess? I'm going, why are they still walking around? And somebody else is not. Somebody shout perplexed. Times in our lives in which we wonder, how come the drug pusher live better than me. How come I go to work every day? Some of you, this is your testimony. Got to do everything I know how to do just to make ends meet. And got to pay half of my light bill one month and, uh, and the other half the next month. I just need some real folk. And got to go down to Verizon and say, can I pay on my phone bill? And other folk that don't know the Lord and just walking around as if they've got it going on. It will perplex you. It will make you wonder, what is God up to? In fact, Habakkuk, the first chapter of the book of Habakkuk, I want to get you time to get it upstairs. Uh, the first four verses, uh, beginning at the second verse. The New International Version. Habakkuk was a prophet of God. He had an issue with God. He was called by God. But, but see, it, and, and God loves people who are totally honest with him. And just, just like we don't like kiss-ups, people that kiss all up to you, just tell you what you want to hear. God want to know, how do you really feel? I just... Tell me if something is on your mind. I, I just need to know if you, you got an Habakkuk say, I've got an issue with you. Look at what the text says, chapter 1, beginning at first, verse 2 of the book of Habakkuk. It says, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Can we just be honest? The rest of y'all, you are excused if you never had to go through this. Or cry out to you, violence but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate God wrongdoing? Why do you put up with that? I know God hears it because I hear it. Folk, folk come to me, I'm the pastor, they act like I'm God. What you doing about folks sinning in the church? I say, my name is D-A-R-R-E-L-L, -L, not G-O-D. 
And so folk come and they're impatient and they want to know why, why does God tolerate this? Habakkuk said, why do you tolerate wrongdoing and destruction and violence are before me? There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, here's Habakkuk's opinion, the law of God is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Uh, but God answers Habakkuk in verse number five. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your day. In other words, King James says, I will work a work in your day that you would not believe it even if you were told. In other words, God said, don't you give up on me because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And because somebody looked blessed today doesn't mean they're going to always be blessed. David say, I saw the righteous grow and spread, but I looked again and they had withered away. Times in our life in which we are confused. Am I right about it? There's another wonderful text that's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 12. King Jehoshaphat and the nation of Judah uh, was in battle and conflict with warring nations. And uh, their backs were against the wall. And, 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 and now the enemy had come upon them. But they said these words, oh dear God, won't you take care of them? Look at what it says. We are helpless before this a horde of enemies that attacked us. Oh, I wish I had a new international. Let me paraphrase it. I, I know what we're going through. Neither we know what to do. That's what he said. Thank you. We will not, he says, attack them. We do not know what to do. But, good God almighty, come on somebody. When you don't know what to do, you ought to focus your eyes on the Lord. Just, just, just take a moment of reflection. You've got about 30 seconds to reflect times in your life in which you were perplexed, confused, did not know what to do. In fact, you were angry at God. But your eyes were still on the Lord because you know that if you trust God, then God will make a way somehow. I just need a few witnesses who's ever been confused and perplexed, but you did not give up because here's what Paul says. Although we are perplexed, we are not in despair. Good God Almighty, look at your neighbor and say, although I am confused, I am not in despair, which simply means I am not hopeless. Uh, tell the devil, don't you get it confused? Just because I question God doesn't mean I've left God. I still know how to trust God, even if I don't always under. I, 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 I 
feel like preaching oh, all you sanctimonious holier than thou folk you sit down but everybody else who's ever been through something and you wondered what God was up to just for one quick moment just, just for an illustration put the cameras on 2500 folk in this place and everybody wave those hands and say I've been there I've been there but look at somebody say I still have hope I still believe that the God I serve can somehow make a way out of no way take 30 seconds and give God your best prayer Sit down. Sit down. I feel something in here. Confused. Perplexed. Ooh, uncertain. <laughs> Wondering what is up. But tell the devil. Somebody help me testify. Look at somebody and say, give the devil a message for me. Just because I am perplexed does not mean that I will abandon God. Who am I preaching to? I just need to see a few hands of folk that don't quite know what God is up to. But you know there's a God somewhere. You, you just know if you hold your peace and Here is what God told Habakkuk, not Habakkuk, King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. King Jehoshaphat, be still. You have no need to fight this fight. Woo! I'm going somewhere. The battle is not yours, but the Lord's. In other words, even if you don't know what God is up to, you've got to just trust that God knows what he's doing. Just stand still and hold your peace and watch God fight your enemies. Watch God turn the situation around. Won't God make a way out of no way? Oh, give God a quick praise right now. Stand still, Jehoshaphat. You have no need to fight this fight. The battle is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. The Lord said if you hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle, anybody know he'll make a way out of nowhere. I don't know how you're coming out of this. I don't know when God will turn it around, but I stopped by to tell somebody, if you trust and never doubt, the Lord will bring you out. Somebody shout glory. Somebody shout glory. Somebody shout, I've got to praise God. Ooh, for we know 
8.28 of the book of Romans. For we know. <laughs> Woo! Somebody know where I'm going. For we know. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that I've got a feeling, but I know. In about, for we know that all things work together for good. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, we know it's going to work out. Don't know when, don't know where. I don't even know how God's gonna do it. But I know God is about to do it. Somebody ought to give God your best praise. Get ready, get ready. Tell somebody, get ready. Your questions will be answered. Your confusion will be solved. Your problems have been worked out. Ah, the devil doesn't want you to know. But not that God will work it out, but that God has already. Where are my praises? Second Chronicles, Jehoshaphat, stand still. So here's the question. If God's doing the fighting, what will Judah do? What will Jehoshaphat have to do? God said, get your best praisers. Get your best worship leaders. Get your praise dancers and put them up front. And you began to praise the name of the Lord. And when your enemy hears your praise, they will already be defeated. Come on and pray. Where are my praises? All the praises. Wave your hands in the air and say, I'll praise him when I don't understand him. I'll praise him when I don't know the answers. I'll praise him when I don't know how it's going to come out. Because the God I serve is... I feel like praising God. I need all the able-bodied folk. If you can stand, stand to your feet. Wave those hands in the air. Look at somebody say, get ready. Praise is on its way. Praise precedes the victory. Let me say that again. Let me help somebody on this church. Your praise precedes the victory. When your enemy see you praising God, although you are perplexed, God will defeat your enemy. So you got a little while, come on somebody. You got to praise God like you know you're coming out. Somebody wave those hands and take a step and just walk around and praise God.
because we are declaring and decreeing things will work out. Look at somebody and say things will work out. You may not see it right now, but we're giving God a praise one more time. those hands all over this place. I don't want you to miss this. Why was Paul not in despair? Because he had an assurance that things will work out. The truth of the matter is all of us have been perplexed. Been between a rock and a hard place. We all have wondered what God is up to. Why is it we have to go through so much? But I'm reminded of this wonderful song of the church Milton Brunson wrote a long time ago. It says, for the good of them that love the Lord. Listen, as you make your way down, stand at this altar. The race is not given to the swift, nor to the strong, but to the one that endures unto the end. Look at this. There will be problems. (laughs) Look at somebody and say, you will sometimes walk along. But I know that I know, that I know, that I, things will work out. Yes, they will, for the good of them who loves, who loves the Lord. Come on, Sister Francis. This is for every devil in your life. That thought because you were perplexed, you were giving up. It's not giving. Sing your song, Francis. Yeah. To the swift. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, to the strong. Yeah. But to the one. Feel something in here right now. You've got to endure until. until, Lift those hands all over this place. Come on, put the cameras right here at the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There'll be problems. Oh, yeah. You are alone, but I know. I know. I know that. I know. I know. Things will work out. Yes, they will. God is speaking to someone right now.
something with your name on the it. The things God has prepared. Woo, yeah, yeah. Somebody. For 
Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. Just the other week, I was talking to someone who was going through a very difficult time in their life. They were perplexed, confused, struggling with issuing their personal life. Somehow they knew God loved them. But the naysayers and the critics all around you would tell you, God doesn't love you. God can't love you. Look how you are. Look who you are. A person said to me, I've been so confused. I've prayed so hard. God, give me an answer. I want to do right in your sight. Only thing I could say is trust God. God says that I'll give you an answer. I'm here to tell you that's why this series is called This Is Us. We can't judge anyone. I, 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 don't, I don't always know the answer God gives you. Sometimes the answer is not coming from this pulpit. But it's you and God, one-on-one. God speaking in your heart and say, although you may be perplexed, although you may feel a sense of uncertainty, you're not in despair. You're not hopeless. Why? Because things will. Look at somebody and say, things will work out. I don't know when. I, I can't tell you the exact date. But I'll tell you that God will work it out. And God will give you a sense of peace in your life to know that you're well with God. I don't care what other folk think of you. Here we are right now, and some of you are saying, Pastor Jackson, I, I want to take the next step. I want to do more than just go to church. I, I, I want to know more about the Lord. I want a greater relationship with the Lord. Perhaps you want information, want somebody to pray with you. Perhaps you, you want to commit your life to the Lord. It doesn't mean that you're perfect to these students that are here. Amen. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It just means somebody watch for your soul. So here's what I want. Listen. To anyone in here that want to take that next step, to know more, want to learn more, if you're here and you want to do that, just raise your hands and we're going to put something in your hand. You just fill it out and we'll call you. Amen. Just raise your hands. Come on, quiet. Things will work out wherever you are. If you're here and you're at this altar, you says, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I, 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 want, I want to go to the next level with God. Things will. Woo. It will work out. That's right. You just lift the... The ministers are there. They put one in. Yeah. Wherever you are. Thank you, young man in the back. There. Yeah. Put a card in his hand. Anybody else? Just come on. Let us minister to you. Just give us your number. We want to reach you. Now listen. 
If you're here and you want to make that commitment this morning, then after we pray this prayer, you just meet me at the altar. So here I am, Pastor Jackson. I am perplexed. I am confused. I am at times, I feel a sense of uncertainty. I want that assurance that things will work out. If you want to take that next step, then you just meet us. If you want to join the church, if you'd like to be saved, we will minister to you. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We, we bless you. This is us. This is not them. This is not him. This is not her. But this is us. We all struggle. The truth is we all have been perplexed. We all have been bewildered by what was going on, perhaps even confused and uncertain. Ooh. But the good news, as Paul declares, we are not in despair. We are not without hope. <laughs> we have hope to believe that everything is going to be all right. And so we say thank you. Thank you for those who are making that life-changing decision. Thank you for all these young people who are standing at this altar that are in this audience. And thank you for others that are just standing here believing and trusting that things will be all right. God, we, we're here to assure them that if they trust you and love you, as Paul writes, all things will work together for their good. We count it already done in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you want one of those cards, just ministers or the elders, hold the cards up. And as you take it, just fill it out. If you want to make that commitment today, if you want to make that, if you're here today, you want to make that commitment. Come on, you can do it today. You can walk down those aisles and do it right now if you want to. Look at God. Thank you. Anybody want to make that commitment today? I want to join the church. I want to be saved. Thank you, young man. Your man is getting ready to go to the military. Everybody, punch your hand this way. God bless you. Come on, we want to pray for this young man. He's, man. he's getting ready to leave. Things will work out. Come on, quiet. Anybody else say, if this is your day, you want God to do something? Thank you, Lord. Go with him and God. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands, everybody. Things will work out. Woo. Come on, anybody know that things will? Clap those hands and give God a hand.
God, I praise Him. You know it's going to work out. Who loved the Lord? Give God a praise for an awesome word from God. Yeah. As you stand to your feet.